Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, allow me to take you on a terrifying journey of the room next to mine, a place that I always found unsettling. The room, which was adjacent to mine, used to be a dining room. Both rooms sat empty for a period, hauntingly devoid of life. In a bid to escape the messy antics of my younger sister, I claimed the dining room as my own and converted it into a sanctuary. My mother, in an attempt to create a sense of privacy, installed French doors between the two rooms. I filled my room with the trappings of comfort, a bed, a computer, and an army of stuffed animals, while the adjacent room received a television and a couch. There was a particularly strange incident that still sends shivers down my spine. I recall settling into the adjacent room to watch the movie Twister, book in hand. Avid readers may empathize with the drowsiness that reading induces, and I too fell victim to it. However, upon waking, I found the television switched off, the movie and book mysteriously relocated to their original spots. The peculiar incident left me utterly baffled. As the room returned to its original barren state, a chilling event took place during the course of a sweltering summer. The room, which maintained an eerily consistent cold temperature, became my means to cool down my heated bedroom. But every time I unsealed the French door, I would be drawn into a profound slumber, only to be awakened by the sound of my name being whispered into my ear. Each episode would leave me wide awake, heart pounding, and with a strange unease in my chest. I could never fathom why this strange phenomenon only occurred when the French doors were open. My faithful dog, Peanut, often slept in my room. On several occasions, I noticed her gaze fixed on the room, as if something in there had caught her attention. But every time I would look, I would find nothing but emptiness. The room also served as a storage space for Christmas decorations and items for donation. Despite its practical use, the room retained its chilling atmosphere, remaining cold and eerily silent. Infrequently, my sister and I would hear an unexplainable thud emanating from the room, but upon investigation, we would always find it deserted. It seemed my sister had suffered the same unsettling experiences as I did, with her name whispered into her ear when the French doors were left open. One day, while moving empty boxes into the room, I heard an unsettling sound. It was the crackling of the window glass accompanied by the howling wind and the melodious tunes of wind chimes. 
The disturbing noise eerily echoed the sounds of a hurricane and an impending tornado that we experienced a while back. The parallels were uncanny, almost like a ghostly replay of the catastrophic event. An unfortunate incident also took place in this room. My pet rat fell prey to my dog. These terrifying experiences make me think that the room is a hotbed of my worst memories. However, I am yet to understand the exact reason behind the room's disturbing aura. Each moment spent in that room is a chilling reminder of the inexplicable events that have taken place there. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, For those of you who might remember, I previously shared an account about the time that followed my father's death in the spring of 2006. My father's health battle had been a consuming part of my life as I spent countless hours aiding him and my mother. When he finally succumbed to his illness, the loss took a severe toll on my emotional health, leading to a nervous breakdown. Only a fortnight after my father's passing, I attempted to return to work. However, the emotional turmoil and life's relentless pressures proved too overwhelming, and within a week, I crumbled under their weight. Following a diagnosis of a nervous breakdown, I found myself carving out a new existence from the confines of my mother's home. For a month, we navigated our grief together, tried to regain some semblance of order, and attempted to rediscover life's meaning. I even brought home a puppy, hoping its innocence might distract us from our sorrow. That period at home was a strange blend of pain and relief. Although I was spared the demands of work, I couldn't enjoy the summer's warmth as I used to. Instead, I found myself in a constant state of introspection, consumed by prayers and hope, yearning for a semblance of normality. Nightmares started weaving their way into my sleep, repeating the same haunting pattern. Each dream was set against a different backdrop, but they all centered around me, helplessly watching my father's slow demise despite my desperate attempts to save him. It was a harrowing experience, given how I had left no stone unturned in my father's care, and I longed for these nightmares to end. Each night I found myself talking to my father, pleading for a sign that he was proud of me, and that these dreams were nothing more than an unconscious manifestation of my guilt and the wish that I could have done more for him. When it was time to return to work, a few days back at my old job made it clear that the stress was unmanageable. I decided to seek a new position within the company, which required updating my resume, stored on a tiny Sony flash drive. However, the flash drive had vanished. Despite searching every nook and cranny of my home, it remained elusive. Defeated, I decided to call it a night. As I brushed my teeth, I silently asked my father, If you have some free time up there, can you please help me locate my flash drive? I desperately need a new job. Afterward, as I was gathering my clothes for the next day, a sudden intuition struck me to check my jeans pockets, a garment I hadn't worn for at least a month. Battling my skepticism, I felt a cool yet comforting sensation envelope me. I decided to follow my gut and check my jeans. The right pocket was empty, but to my astonishment, the left one held my missing flash drive. 
The discovery left me feeling both comforted yet unnerved. I dropped my pants and bolted outside to collect my thoughts. That's when I realized my father's enduring presence in my life, and it was an uncanny yet heartwarming revelation. This experience solidified my belief. My father's love and guidance never left me, even after his departure from this world. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Tonight, we have a spine-chilling tale of paranormal activity from a member of our listenership. The narrators of this eerie tale are a 15-year-old boy and his friend, both of whom have always been drawn to the inexplicable world of the supernatural. Their narrative begins on a seemingly ordinary night, with his younger sister away on a sleepover. Having the house to themselves, our protagonist and his friends settle in to watch a movie marathon. As the hours roll by, a strange distant knocking sound begins to punctuate the peaceful quiet of the house. It was faint, it was subtle, but it was there. Unnerved but not ready to give in to their fears, they brush the knocking sound off as just the house settling. As the night deepens and the movies start to lose their charm, an underlying exhaustion takes over. The duo withdraws to the narrator's bedroom, a room he usually shares with his younger sister. Just as they were on the brink of falling asleep, an odd sound prickles their ears. The sound, they realize, is eerily similar to the sound of footsteps circling around the room, the floor beneath squeaking in protest. Their house, brand new with no prior occupants, was now echoing with the noises of an unseen presence. The inexplicable sounds had their hearts racing in fear prompting them to retreat to the safety of the narrator's bed. The room, already fraught with an unsettling energy, was suddenly filled with a new sound, three distinct knocks emanating from the closet door, rhythmically spaced and startlingly loud. The knocking continued intermittently every few minutes, and the dread of an unknown presence increased. The turning point of this haunting tale is when our young protagonist musters up the courage to confront the unseen entity. He walks to the closet, pulls open the door, only to be met with an empty space, no orbs or signs of an entity in sight. After turning on a reassuring nightlight, they crawled back into bed, hoping the worst was over. However, the phantom knocker returned after a couple of hours, its persistence driving them out of the bedroom and into the living room where they sought temporary refuge. This tale of paranormal activity is a chilling reminder of the unexplained mysteries that surround us. If you, our dear listeners, can relate to this story or have any advice on dealing with such eerie occurrences, we would love to hear your experiences and suggestions. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Walking amidst the hallowed halls of ghost stories, I narrate to you an eerie tale that unfolded in the heart of San Antonio, Texas. The setting was the aged and solemn M. Rodriguez Funeral Home, an establishment long-standing in the backdrop of the city's history. 
Our visit there, on a late October afternoon, was both for a sorrowful goodbye and new beginnings, as my husband's step-grandfather took leave from this world, and our newborn daughter graced it with her presence. A little after 4 p.m., we stepped into the chapel. A blend of melancholy sadness and joyous warmth filled the air, as we were welcomed by a sea of familiar faces, all eager to glimpse our tiny angel. Yet an unexplained uneasiness clouded my heart as we made our way towards the casket. As we respectfully knelt to say our prayers, I entrusted my daughter's care to my husband's grandmother. With my left hand gently resting on my husband's right shoulder, my eyes were drawn to a brass-framed picture of his step-grandfather, perched on a wooden pedestal next to the casket. The frame, originally facing the gathering, moved on its own, its wooden base scratching against the pedestal as it turned towards us. A chill ran down my spine, and I whispered to my husband, Did you see that? He hushed me in response, his face a mirror of my own alarm. In the wake of this eerie event, I decided to retreat to the restroom with my little one. But the sanctuary I sought was not to be found. Upon entering, I caught a reflection of a male figure in the mirror, his garb reminiscent of the 1800s. Paralyzed by fear, I recited every prayer I knew, fervently hoping for protection. When I mustered the courage to look back, he had vanished. As we left the confines of the funeral home that day, I declared a resolute decision to my husband. Despite the ties that might call us back, I was adamant that I would never set foot in that building again. Such was the depth of the frightful experience imprinted on my soul. And so, dear listeners, I leave you with this haunting tale that unfolded within the somber walls of M. Rodriguez's funeral home. A reminder that not all that we see or feel can be explained, and sometimes, the unknown can be just as real and tangible as the world we know. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I am writing to share a chilling, perplexing encounter that has been haunting me for some time now. It's a tale that mirrors a previous experience my mother had, a story I had penned as, What Did My Mother See? Her harrowing encounter involved a midnight apparition that had stirred her from sleep into a state of sheer terror. Let me take you back to the night in question. We had just returned from an exhausting party hosted by my aunt in honor of my grandmother. Between the laughter, the music and the dancing, I was spent. However, upon our return, I was tasked with washing up the dishes, a chore I had to complete to earn my ticket for our upcoming family vacation. Exhausted, yet determined, I rolled up my sleeves and got to it. Once the kitchen was spick and span, I decided to unwind with some television. I nestled into the couch, the flicker of the screen casting dancing shadows around the room. Suddenly, the TV went blank, its abrupt silence creating a startling contrast to the previous hum. When I investigated, I found the cable had been disconnected from the back of the TV. This was peculiar considering I was the last one awake. My older brother hadn't arrived home yet, and if he had been the one to disconnect it, 
I would have noticed as the TV sits in the middle of our living room. Unnerved but not frightened, I reconnected the cable and resumed my late-night viewing. But as I settled back onto the sofa, I was gripped by a sight that would keep me up many nights thereafter. I saw a figure, transparent and ethereal, traversing the hallway and heading towards the bathroom. An odd path considering there was an ensuite bathroom in my room. Since that night I find myself reticent to watch TV alone after dark. The fear of seeing that apparition again has me constantly on edge. Now I only indulge in late-night TV sessions when accompanied by family or friends. The question that persists, gnawing at my peace of mind, is what is happening in my house? Who among us will be the next to witness this eerie figure? Is it somehow connected to what my mother saw? The answers elude me, and I hope that sharing my story with your listeners might invite insight and perhaps some semblance of understanding. Thank you for letting me share my story. Let's hope we can unravel this mystery together. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, In the year of 1982, I found myself engaged in carpentry work for an agriculturist in Elk Point, South Dakota. The assignment was to refurbish a house that had been relocated from the bustling town to the serene expanse of his farm, approximately six miles outside of town. It was during this mission that I began to witness inexplicable circumstances. As I went about my daily labor, I had a peculiar and unexplained experience. I'd be in one room, working diligently, and upon leaving to fetch more supplies, I'd return to find the lights mysteriously turned off. Stranger yet, lights in rooms I hadn't been anywhere near would start shining brightly. This eerie dance of lights continued for the duration of my work in that house. Alone in the house on the fourth day, I found myself in the kitchen, installing paneling. In the center of the room, a ladder was propped with a box of panel nails situated on its paint shelf. Suddenly, the ladder started to slide across the kitchen floor on its own, ultimately tipping over and strewing nails all over. At this moment, a potent smell of jasmine perfume filled the air as the room's temperature dropped significantly, in stark contrast to the 90-degree heat outside. There were no signs of the house shaking, nor were there any vehicles passing by to explain this phenomenon. As I cleaned up the mess, I noticed a shifting shadow out of the corner of my eye. It moved from the bathroom into the bedroom, followed by the sound of the stairs creaking. I went to investigate, but found no evidence of anyone upstairs. Shortly after, the farmer arrived and I narrated the strange happenings. With a chuckle, he said, You just met our ghost. He then proceeded to share a tragic tale of the house's previous owner an elderly woman who had committed suicide by hanging in its basement. The house was moved from town because no one could tolerate the ghostly pranks she played on the inhabitants. Yet her spirit seemingly moved along with the house. Strolling around the house, the farmer assured me that the spectral resident was harmless. Despite her affinity for switching lights on and off and rearranging items, all I needed to do was converse with her and she'd leave me be. However, he admitted that they'd hoped the ghost would stay in town when the house was moved, 
but it seemed she stayed tied to her old home. With this newfound understanding, I resumed my work, finishing the kitchen several days later. On the day of completion, I saw her shadow in the bedroom, staring at me. I addressed her, saying, I hope you enjoy your new kitchen. To my surprise, for the remaining week I worked there, I didn't face any further issues with the lights or any other ghostly pranks. In the time following the completion of the project, I had a few interactions with the farmer. He informed me that the spectral lady was no longer disturbing the current occupants of the house, but he couldn't explain why. This encounter was a chilling experience that stayed with me for a while. As much as I wished to never experience anything like this again, fate had other plans, which are stories for another time. Thank you for listening to my ghostly tale from Elk Point, South Dakota. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Let me spin a tale about an incident that still sends shivers down my spine every time I recollect it. Picture two teenagers, myself and my friend Melissa, alone together in a quiet home late at night. We were at Melissa's house, a dwelling shared only with her mother due to her parents' recent divorce. Her father had relocated to Nevada, leaving Melissa and her mother to occupy the house alone. On this particular night, however, even her mother was absent, tied up at work until the early hours of the morning. Nestled in Melissa's room, we heard an unexpected noise emanating from the lower floor of the house. We naturally assumed Melissa's mom had returned early, a comforting thought given the late hour and the creeping sense of solitude. To greet her, we descended the staircase, only to find the driveway desolate. Her mother's truck was nowhere to be found, a misplaced assumption, we thought. Perhaps the family cat was the source of the sound. But upon returning to Melissa's room, we found the cat curled up on the bed, undisturbed and soundly asleep. Now our hearts pounded with a sense of unease, yet we managed to push the incident to the back of our minds. Approximately 30 minutes later, another sound shattered the silence. This time, it echoed from the upper floor of the house. Filled with trepidation, we ventured towards the guest room, my designated sleeping area for that night. What we saw next was a chilling sight. There stood an ethereal figure of a lady, glowing with a spectral white light. As our terrified eyes met hers, she vanished into thin air. The fear was too palpable to ignore, and in that moment, I broke down in tears. Escaping back downstairs, we tried to distract ourselves with the television, only to have the channels flip uncontrollably on their own. Another wave of terror washed over me, prompting fresh tears. Melissa decided it was best to retreat to the sanctuary of her room. As we climbed the staircase, Melissa glanced back and let out a shrill scream. There, outside the window, was the spectral lady's face. Amidst the chaos, I saw the ghostly lady again at the top of the stairs, motioning towards the front door. The fear was unbearable. We sprinted out of the house and sought refuge at our friend Kelsey's house next door. We poured out our terrifying experience to her, still shaking from the encounter. The next day, we relayed our tale to Melissa's mother, who revealed the horrifying truth. 
a woman had indeed lost her life in that very house. The revelation was haunting, and from that day forward, I vowed never to spend another night in that house. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, let me take you back to when I was nine, roaming free in my quaint village, tasting the first fruits of independence. My friends and I would set out on adventures, exploring new areas that seemed untouched by others. These explorations, though merely four miles away from home, were our forays into the unknown. We'd often end up on farmer's land who'd chase us away, threatening to call the police. Accompanying us was my husky Wolfie, a gold-hearted guardian. One day, in search of new territories, we stumbled upon a path on the outskirts of the village. It was an old road, adorned with a few bushes and a lone house. We had passed by it countless times before, but it always seemed dull and uninteresting. The path was indeed monotonous, leading to a field of junk where we amused ourselves for a while. But two hours into our expedition, we discovered a cornfield. It was a welcome sight, with cornstalks towering over our heads, radiating a warm, comforting glow. We decided to play hide-and-seek, using Wolfie as a secret weapon to track down the others. But during one of the rounds as I was the seeker, something unexpected happened. Wolfie, who was leading me through the vast cornfield, suddenly froze. I had never seen him so terrified. He whimpered, barked, and ran, leaving me standing in the sudden cold, utterly bewildered. Out of nowhere, a black figure darted past me. Wolfie, pulling me back, caused me to lose my balance and tumble to the ground, leaving his collar behind as he bolted. As I lay there dazed, I heard my best friend Clark scream. Rushing towards the sound, I found him shaking on the ground. He seemed possessed, hurling a rock at me that cut my head open. In shock, I left him there and ran towards Angus and Chelsea, who were with Wolfie. We hurried away from the cornfield and didn't stop until we reached the pavement outside. Exhausted, we waited for Clark. Two hours passed before he appeared, his face and clothes shredded. He warned me to stay away, claiming a man in the field had prophesied that I would cause the death of someone close to him, and a rag-clad woman had attacked him. We didn't speak to Clark after that incident, his mother, however, was a close friend of my mom's and often visited our house. One day, as she was leaving our house, a car came speeding toward me as I played on my bike. Clark's mother pushed me out of the way, saving my life at the cost of her own. Two years later, Clark cornered me at school, blaming me for his mother's death. We never saw him after that. I later heard that he moved to Texas and attempted suicide. To this day, I regret the loss of Clark's friendship and the innocent adventures we once shared. The cornfield that once seemed comforting is now a haunting reminder of the evil we unknowingly stirred. Thank you for listening. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, think of an ordinary room of a 15-year-old 
where the foot of the bed is nestled into the closet, draped with a blanket in lieu of doors. Picture a teenager engaged in an animated conversation with a friend, facing the blanket that acts as an ersatz door. The air suddenly turns frigid, as if winter just stepped inside the room. Not only that, the blanket dances as if caressed by an invisible breeze, even though the windows are fastened shut. As this absurd situation unfolds, an eerie feeling engulfs the room like a shroud, and a raspy whisper, echoing my name, sends chills down my spine. Now imagine another incident. Picture me, alone in the house, engrossed in my computer. Out of nowhere I hear a door bang shut and the hall light flickers on and off. My heart hammers as I gather the courage to inspect the hall, only to find it empty. The realization that no one else is home and hence, no one else could have caused this, sends cold sweats down my back. Fast forward to a few days later. My bed, now just a futon mattress, is tucked inside my closet. As I lay with my head sandwiched between walls and body exposed, I hear a knock from my left. I freeze but don't respond. Moments later, a pair of knocks echo from the right. The eeriness escalates when I hear my name being called out in the night, prompting me to plea for it to cease. I attempt to dissipate my fear with humor, and oddly enough it works. The knocking stops. On another occasion, imagine my friend and I, typical teenagers, gossiping about boys and life. My room, decorated with porcelain dolls, takes a spooky turn when one of them turns its head towards us. To this day, it maintains its new orientation, an eerie sentinel watching over my bed. Picture another day when power outage cloaks the house in darkness, with the sun being the only source of light. It's around seven in the morning. I'm waiting to leave for school. Light switches are on, waiting for the power to return. Suddenly, one light flickers on and off, and a chilling breeze hovers around the lamp. Then, the familiar sound of my bedroom door shutting and the light switch being played with. However, when I gather enough courage to inspect, the room is dark and the door is shut tight. One peculiar detail about our house, the shed by the driveway often sounds like it's hosting a gathering. The voices, sometimes clear, sometimes not, echo from within, though it's empty. This strange phenomenon, however, has become a normal part of my life. I promise to keep sharing my experiences if these inexplicable occurrences continue. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on these incidents. Stay curious, stay spooky. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, Drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night. <laughs>